Welcome to Moving Iron Podcast, Wednesday show number seven with my co-host Brent Carlson, Red Shotgun here from the Dryland Farmer Podcast. How you doing, bud? I don't know. Are you sure this is recording? We're recording this time, faux show, so don't have All to right. worry about that. I guess I'm okay because <laughs> that's I'm what you said last that. time. So I just want to yeah, make sure you're uh, still okay. I was okay. You have the problem. Yeah, it's it's you know what, man. Sometimes you get rolling these things and you hit you forget to uh, hit record, and next thing you know, you're 30 minutes in and you got nothing. So. Um, not, not that we were that far in, but it was it was uh, quite a ways in to jack things up. So we were talking about a short supply of of propane and how that was going to have an effect on the market. You think so? But now guys, See, I've already forgotten that guys were having a hard time getting enough propane to dry down their corn back east. So I, I got to think that that's going to add another layer to this this mystery here of of the uh, of what the USDA is going to do with with uh, the overall stocks and those kind of things and and how that's all going to play into the market and how traders are going to view this and all that stuff because what's today wednesday so friday as that report comes out there's going to be some fireworks i think one way or the other on friday yeah it's a i don't know it's a possibility to see that is what the supply i don't know why i keep looking at my watch it's not going to tell me anything sure it is um uh, yeah is this recording yeah, this is the red dot there. All right. Yeah, let's see. That's going to be what, supply-demand report or uh, crop? Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, supply-demand, yep. I don't know, man. It's. I mean, I guess there could be fireworks. The pro, You think the propane story is big enough? Well, I think I don't think it's big enough to affect anything on Friday, for Friday's yeah. report anyway, but I think there's going to be th- – this is going to have a whole new layer. It made, it made Pro Farmer – so they're watching. It. Oh well, yeah, okay. Okay, so it's it's gonna. They wrote be, that what six weeks ago? No, like yesterday. Well, oh, it was whatever, an online in, article. In their, yeah, in their online article. So okay. there's gonna be there's gonna be some juice there somewhere, and, and how that affects everything is gonna be an even bigger deal because if they can't dry down corn, you can't take it in, right? So right, yeah, it's gonna sure, be there's gonna have an effect there, and then you start looking at at spoilage and everything else that's gonna play into that from having wet corn laying around. So I don't know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun. A fun next couple months for sure. Yeah, yeah. See, we don't deal deal with that down here because all of our stuff goes into the co-op elevator, and uh, so they take everything under on the corn. They take everything under eighteen, and they'll shrink you down. And right, but um, I know they. uh, I don't know. I think it's more just moving fans. I don't think they're having to heat anything. So of course, at eighteen, I don't guess they would. No, but um, it's all it's all just uh, ambient air at this point down here. So yeah, yep. But um, yeah, but yeah, they had. Guys, you know those guys back east all have dryers and everything right there on the farm, and they they must cut that stuff a pretty pretty high moisture um, I, to get it down to eighteen, I guess. Yeah, which all of ours is food corn, and I can't imagine like if it gets much above eighteen anyway, it cracks and everything in the in the combine, and they're doing it at like twenty five or better. But I guess if they're doing cow corn, I don't guess it's just terribly a huge issue. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah. So. Uh, I can't imagine. I've never, I've never been in the uh, high moisture corn stuff. We right. always had to wait till it dries down. So yeah, that's how it is here, man. In yeah. Kansas, the same way. It was just you wait till it was dry enough in the field to cut it, and then you brought it in. So it was we just a big difference. Yeah, we just got done. We had a late planted circle. We finished yesterday, 
And um, during the season, the ears were about eye level. And when we cut them yesterday, they were about your business level. Right. Where they were, <laughs> right. it had a yeah. it had a big uh-huh. freeze on it. There, it looked like 1987 out there because there was no leaves left. All it was was a stalk in the ear. Yeah, and um, I mean, it obviously didn't make a huge yield. I mean, it was maybe a little close to 200, but um, that the freeze really really knocked it back. You know, those test weights were getting in those 57 range, and which we, obviously we'd like to see it higher than that, but. Um, you know, you can't expect a whole lot after it gets 15 degrees on it when it's still, you know, black layer. Right. So, um, you know, but it was a, it was an afterthought and we had failed cotton there that got too much, uh, too much weather on it early on. So we planted that like first of June and it turned out, I mean, it made some money, but it wasn't, it wasn't a yield buster. So we were doing that. And then right next door, we were on the same section. We were pulling cotton, um, on another circle. So we've been, we did Milo corn and cotton all in one day. And now we're, now we're just down to the cotton. So right on. Well, fixing well, for those that you don't know, you can find Brent um, on Twitter. Everybody at, knows at Trader Brent. I mean, you're blowing it up, dude. You're a Twitter all star. But oh, the reason yeah. he is uh, Trader Brent because he is a trader, and um, I mean, be unofficially, but he's a uh, he, he dabbles in the market. So what's going on out there right now, Brent? You got your eyes on? Well, uh, just looking at here at the overnights, you know, you've got a little bit of a. Uh, just absolute excitement in the grain market. You had wheat up two. You have corn up. Oh, holy crap, dude. It's up two and a quarter. Look out. Uh, was there a report out or something? No, it's just got, it has to go up that much in the morning so it can lose twice that by lose, the end of the day. Lose four and a half. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, corn's up in the D's at two and a quarter. Next next year's new crop is at, uh, well, I guess that is new crop, but uh, March of 20 is up three quarters a cent. And, you got your beans, which nobody cares about down here, but they're up a penny and a quarter. And your meal and oil—that's a meal and oil. That's a Thanksgiving dinner mm-hmm. right there. At least we're going to talk about later. Yep. I may have to add that to my recipe. But uh, mean and bill are kind of, uh, meat, meal and oil. They're pretty, uh, pretty flat on the day. And then you got your hard red winter, which is all we care about. Uh, it's up also two cents there at four thirty and a half. Um, so. Not a whole lot in the overnight. It's been the corn's been flat for gosh, it's been flat for weeks on end. It seems like yeah. you know, been that been between that three eighty and about three ninety two mark for the last several days, several or a few weeks, and um, been pretty flat. I'm still uh, trading on that um, inter commodity spread between the uh, Chicago and the uh, um, hard red winter that Kansas City wheat, and it's been it's still way out there, man. It's like, uh, let's see if I can do that in my head real quick. It was about 86 cents premium to the December Chicago wheat. And, um, uh, it took me for 10 cents, two different times. So, uh, and right now, if I can get about 40 cents on these lots, I'll be back to break even, but, um, it's, uh, we've never, we haven't understood the whole time. This thing has been just grinding lower to the uh, Chicago side. It got out there to almost a dollar premium. I don't know if they hit the actual dollar or not, but, uh, you know, it's, um, the fundamental, I mean, you know, there's a little smaller supply of Chicago wheat, but there's not that much. All we could decide was that, uh, you know, that Chicago wheat is so much more heavily traded, and I guess it just got more attention, or there's no telling what. But uh, whatever the case, that uh, lower protein wheat is getting is getting more love than the uh, than that Kansas City. So, all in all, you know, and over in the livestock now, the livestock's been pretty in, uh, pretty impressive. The cattle have gained everything back they lost after that uh, Packer fire up there in uh kansas so uh, you know they've, they've, it's yeah yeah well uh so the yesterday the day my daily market summary email came in and um let me see if i can pull it up i bet i can remember it 
they have a Packer margin line on uh, every day for the Packers. And um, let's see, daily market summary. And here we go. So the Packer margin yesterday was $445.94 a head. The previous day was 438. Previous week, 420. Previous year, 247. The five day average is $432 a head on the Packer margin. And I don't know, of course, the, the uh, profit loss on the actual cattle producers is a little hard to gauge because it's a little more over the place where people are hedged or whatever. But it um, looked like the asking prices this week are from 117 to 120 in the north and 114. Well, no, that can't be right. They got that wrong because that's dressed. But uh, 114 to 116 in the south. So probably that would be what one be 160 or 70 dressed. I can't remember. But um, whatever the case, the Packers are doing okay. And um, the producers, I don't know, depending on your marketing strategy, you're probably making maybe a little money or you're losing a bunch. So right. uh, whatever the case, it's a strong, strong market for the Packers. And they're pretty much in the driver's seat right now from what I can see. Yeah, there's and, you know, a little bit of fishiness there. A little bit yeah, of fishiness there's there. A, if they want a collusion story, I think uh, the CNN needs to go check out that uh, – collusion story when you've only got what four or five packers so yeah yeah and they all Which seem that to make story a ton of money. time itself <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah that is true and the, that is that, very true not that i follow it but the milk price is really strong now the uh, this, yeah. the november and december they're hovering right around 20 the 20 dollar margin uh, mark and uh i think anything about over shoot from what i've heard anything over about 17 is uh pretty much a whole lot of gravy yep. so uh, yeah so right now you're looking at so sean hackett that's on here uh on the moving iron podcast on the market side of it <clears throat> he talks quite a bit about uh milk and what, what we see out there and he sends out some uh some good information he sends out but this right now what's driving that price is that new zealand weather is uh basically like it was here during the spring wet and cold and and everything else and it's the uh, the pastures and everything that they feed those cows on in New Zealand, they're not producing hay, and so now they're having a hard time keeping uh, keeping cows fed and, and all the stuff that go along with that. So that's really that's kind of the main milk market is New Zealand, and then the U.S. and everything else. So that's driving that market up pretty good. So you can see, unfortunately, he thinks it's very short term and not a long term gig, but we'll we'll see what happens. But that uh that class three milk price really does uh, affect the number of choppers that we sell. So hopefully that stays oh, yeah. up there. So, and I, I'm not sure what exactly they get versus that board number. I don't know what the basis is. Of course, down here it's all kind of the whole profit margin deal is all based on cheese. Everybody down here is really right. geared towards the cheese, and that's what's driving the market. Milk market is the cheese. Yeah. The cheese market. Yeah. 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 So Lord knows we we do our mar- we do our part here to keep demand up. <laughs> Right on. Oh, man. All right. So you had a humdinger of a story you wanted to bring up here oh, this morning. Oh, man. The, so the Huffington Post, a known neo-Nazi. Oh, I'm sorry. They're not <laughs> right, are they? They're left, I think. The Huffington yeah. Post had this genius article, Casey, about how we should cancel Thanksgiving because it is so hard and so dangerous to the environment. Now, oh, really? Okay. Right yeah. off Can the top of the bat. Yeah. yeah. HuffPo, this is from The Blaze. HuffPo calls to cancel Thanksgiving over global warming, and the online ridicule is brutal. Now, before you even go into the story, you're going to take one of the national pastimes of America, which is eating. Not only that, but overeating. 
You're going to take that right away from Americans? That's what we do best. That's the Super Bowl of of eating. It's the Super Bowl of our stomachs. Right. All we do is sit there, eat carbs, calories, and, you know, depending on your family, get hammered down drunk and uh, watch the Cowboys on Thursday afternoon. That's, That's all we ask for is one day a year where we don't get ridiculed for overeating. Now, we overeat the rest of the year every day. Right. But, I mean, unless you're some weirdo that follows some guy on podcast that has like that gets up at like four in the morning to go work out and calls donuts circles of, sh- of lies <laughs> named Jocko. Sugar-coated dude, lies, bro. Get it right. Sugar-coated <laughs> lies. You know what? I had two sugar-coated <clears throat> lies yesterday, yeah. and I still feel great. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that lie to the grave. So, anyway, they're saying to cancel Thanksgiving. Social media exploded with ridicule and vituperation. I've never used that word before. I thought it was an STD. But after a Huffington Post article proposed canceling the beloved national holiday of Thanksgiving, over its carbon footprint, the liberal news outlet recommended that people simply stop traveling for Thanksgiving and eat vegetables instead of meat-based recipes to lessen the environmental impact. So you can imagine what the ridicule is of uh, Twitter. I'm sure you got all the uh, crazies that uh, are all into this, but um, there's a whole lot more people that not so favorable. So I thought I would be a little uh, sympathetic to this article, and I decided, well, you know what, maybe we'll just... We'll still have Thanksgiving, but we're going to change up the recipe. We're going to change up the uh, food menu. The menu, that word I've been trying to look for for the last 30 minutes finally came to me. The menu. So, Casey, I don't know if you've got any uh, music you want to post-produce in this thing, but this is solid gold right here. So, um, yeah, you've got your dressings. You've got your cranberry sauces, mashed potatoes. Casey, what is in your – do you have a traditional Thanksgiving dinner menu? Uh, It's your typical, you know, turkey and mashed potatoes and – Sweet yeah. potatoes and all See, the potatoes. My, yeah. Yeah. See, of course, we're in Texas. We're in the, well, more so the Texas Panhandle. My pa- uh, in laws are more so registered Angus breeders. So we uh, rarely have turkey. We always have uh, like a prime rib or something. Yeah. We have, nice. oh man, it's pretty, pretty, pretty tight. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we have the typical, everything's pretty typical other than the, uh, the meat source. And this meat source in this new menu will definitely not be traditional. So, we're going to go ahead and start off with that dressing. Now, uh, we did a little research, and um, over the last couple of years, this is what we kind of came up with. So we collected acorns, leaves, and anything we could find in the vacant lot next to our outreach center, and we mixed them all together in a nice mixture of what we no longer call dressing, but now we call it trash pudding. Oh, it's delicious. So, so that's our dressing. That's our dressing menu. And then down next, you got to have your cranberry sauce. Now, for the cranberry sauce, we knew that uh, they come – and tin cans and i know that's got to be some kind of carbon negative footprint so instead of that we just killed all of our cattle since they are farting up the environment anyway pun Mm -hmm. intended we collected their blood clots and pressed those clots into the form of either tin cans or mcrib sandwiches oh delicious so we we went that we still call it a cranberry sauce it's more of a uh i don't know a jello slab is what we call it but uh, so now you everybody loves mashed potatoes. Now instead of the mashed potatoes, because potatoes take a lot to harvest, they take a lot to process, they take a lot to grow. So we decided we're not even going to go organic. Uh, I know not organic is against the whole environmental footprint of everything and um, being environmentally friendly, but we had to uh, we had to um, acquiesce to this point anyway. But so what we did is we pulled styrofoam from a landfill, crushed it, oh, and nice. poured reclaimed water over it for a lovely texture. That sounds delicious. And, 
yeah, and uh, you got to keep it under heat, but uh, you have to use candles because we're not using electricity to heat our foods. So that's our mashed potatoes. Um, and I don't know, have you ever had blood soup, Casey? I know blood that's, soup. A that's a new delicacy. one. Delicacy. Yeah, no, that's a new one. Yeah, that's a new one. It's not actual, the actual blood soup is not really blood. I think that's just some kind of a name for it. But instead of the blood soup, we used actual blood from an actual human baby, thereby oh. decreasing the population, which inhibits further human destruction of the environment. So we're really looking forward to that one. We just got to find somebody to volunteer their children. Yeah, that's kind of like the uh, be like like the veal of uh, of soup, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It certainly is. Except we throw the baby away. We don't do anything else with the baby. You know, oh, okay. At least veal, they use yeah. the whole body. So and for the meat, um, instead of our traditional turkey, which we don't use traditional turkey anyway, we sit roadside the night before Thanksgiving and wait for something to get hit. Mm. We call this road fishing. It's really a great family activity that you can get all the kids involved in. They get to stay up late, hold flashlights, and if the animal that gets hit on the highway doesn't quite die all the way, you give them a bat and you get to beat them with it. It's like a jackrabbit roundup in the Depression area of the right. 1930s. Yeah. And then for the dessert, pumpkin pie. Oh, of course. You got you to keep it traditional. Because well, that's, means. well, yeah, it's also a vegetable. Well, what is it? It's a gourd, isn't it? So, yeah. 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 Pumpkin pie for dessert. I uh, That's our menu for the new environmentally friendly Thanksgiving dinner. That sounds like a delicious thing. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to make it this year to, to enjoy your feast, but I mean, Why? I mean, next you can just tell me how it is. Weather, you know, it's just the weather is bad. And what, what is this, the Oregon Trail? Yeah, it's a long ways. Well, the Oregon Trail would be environmentally friendly. <clears throat> yeah. I do play that same game with my kids, though, the uh, roadkill bingo, and it, yeah. it works out well. You know, if you, <laughs> you get whatever comes across there, you know, you get, you get extra points for sparrows. So, I mean, things are things so are working out well. What is the roadkill up there? Mm, it's your typical stuff. You know, your, your possum, your raccoon, occasional coyote. Um, you know, you get a lot of... Uh, Every once in a while, you see someone that got their windshield bashed in by a by a pheasant or a, a pheasant, buzzard or yeah. something like that. So um, yeah, we yeah. apparently armadillo not here, but you get maybe south of I would say Abilene, maybe down at Abilene. And I guess armadillos, man. Every time we go down there, there's an armadillo dead on the highway. I guess those things are all over the place. But um, you know, up here we've got rabbits to the max, and of mm. course, you know, pheasants. You know, I've hit a pheasant before and it busted in a windshield, but uh. I actually saw a deer here not too long ago, maybe a month or so ago. You don't; those are really rare. But yeah, um, yeah and then we've got the. You don't see too many possums, but raccoon, lots of damn skunks. I yeah. almost, I was this far. Now that we're on YouTube, I was this far from eating a skunk the other day on the combine. I mean, I saw him. We were cutting Milo, and I saw he. I shut it down, and I had one of those Draper headers, and I shut it down within inches of that thing. Yeah, and I, I'm like, God, I hope I didn't eat him. There's a lot of guys that uh, I know have done that, and I've heard about it anyway. And the the smell of lingering skunk oh, just yeah. doesn't go away until like harvest is over. Because and the only reason it goes away is because you're not in the combine anymore. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's about the that's why it we goes had, away. We had a ninety-seven fifty years ago a John Deere, and uh, my brother he ate one. He ran it through the combine, and I mean that is nothing more than a stink juicer. Yeah. I mean, you literally wring out the stink of that skunk. Yeah. Yeah, I see. We get those pictures every once in a while. Someone that, you know, I've seen them eat, you know, fawns, baby deer. Oh, wow. and, and I've seen them, you know, I've seen the, uh, the and now I don't know if this is a real picture or not, but I, I, about every year I, I, it pops up and I get a look at it. But they there's a deer that is interwoven inside of a corn head. And I don't know for sure how that, wow. how that worked, but 
they and it was a nice buck too like a deer pretzel yeah it was looked like an accordion when it got done so i don't know how that happened i I really don't know how that happened but it's it's within like three of the three of the units there bro units on those those corn heads and i don't know how it got weaved in there like that but it it sure did but yeah yeah, there's a there's a a number of things that get ran through a combine during harvest and it's uh, oh yeah it's it's a it's an amazing thing I saw a picture yesterday, last night on Twitter. Somebody, I don't know, I guess it's, I guess all you can say is some asshole tied a piece of rebar to a corn stalk, painted it like green and brown so it would blend in. So when they came and cut, somebody cut their, their corn, whoever owned the corn, it would jack them up. Wow. Can you believe that? Did, I mean, they did Combine like, run through the machine or did they stop it before Well, they, they got somebody there? took a picture of it. Uh-huh. I don't know how they saw it. Maybe they were out there looking at the corn before it was ready to cut, but they had like this piece of like this fence post rebar, mm-hmm. and it, they just tied it to the stock, you know. And I mean, it would really probably all have done was lock down the row unit, but I mean, they they painted it like green and brown to make it blend in, hmm. so somebody would eat it. I'm just like, it's wh- probably some environmentalist. Oh kind of, uh, yeah, that's probably true. Some environmentalist terrorist or something. or or the guy that that wanted to run that. Run that ground, but got outbid in oh. the in the uh, the bidding yeah. process. Could little, have to. little did he know he was the winner in that deal, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly. I right. don't get to. I don't get to cash rent this for five hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm trying to grow Dude. my farm. Yeah, well, better you yeah. probably better off that you didn't do that. Yeah, uh-huh. blessings are sometimes a no. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. anyway. What is, what are your Thanksgiving plans this year, Brent? Are you going? You got a, you got a big plan? Yeah, we uh, no, not really. Uh, my, since uh, both me and my wife are from the same town here, we uh, our holiday plans are usually pretty muted as far as travel because uh, I live. We live about two miles from my parents, and we mm-hmm. live twenty miles from her parents. So oh, okay. um, most of the time we go Thanksgiving, we'll go out to her parents and uh, they have a big, of course, her brother, both her brother and her sister, they both live here too. So it's usually a, uh, it's pretty a big to do. Now, my brother-in-law, my sister's, uh, Joanna's sister's husband, he's from Nebraska and sometimes they go up there uh, depending on what they did the previous year. But uh, God almighty, that's like a freaking, I don't know, it's like a 12 hour drive because it's Northern Nebraska. Yeah. Um, kind of Northeastern Nebraska. And, gotcha. um, and then my other uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they're from, uh, Ver- or his, his wife is from Vernon, which is pretty much halfway between here. Is that halfway between here and Dallas? Almost. Yeah. So um, they go there um, a lot of the time too. But usually we have a big to-do at my, uh, in-laws because we've got two boys. Joanna's brother's got three little boys. And then, well, the other one there, I guess they're teenagers. But uh, it's pretty pretty wild to do. So yep. at least what about you yeah no uh me and my wife are from the same town as well but it's 600 miles from where we live at now so oh. um everything that we do is uh is a travel so when we go back home for thanksgiving it is a uh or christmas either one uh i usually have about three or four stops to make during each holiday between between my wife and i so there is a uh it's a constant whirlwind and what you more than you can eat the fun thing about it is half of them like to drink. So oh, wow. uh, when I get to those two, I kind of save those for later in the day. <laughs> yeah, that's not ours. I don't get, I don't get, uh, I don't get tuned up first and then go to my grandma's house. So I, I try to <clears throat> try to save that for later in the afternoon. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, this is, these are dry affairs ones we go to, yeah. so, which is probably better because yeah. I'm loud enough as it is. 
<laughs> as you can imagine. Yeah, there's there's a the nice thing about the ones where the uh, where we where we drink at the conversation does tend to to drift into things we probably shouldn't be talking about. Yeah, in, around the Thanksgiving around the Thanksgiving table. table. But hey, yeah. it sure is fun. Yeah. Well, you know, you only make memories once. That's right. That's right. When you get old, you forget them. So. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, Brent, what else you got before we shut this thing down? Oh, man, um, not a whole lot as far as uh, the personal front. I bet I can pull the Drudge Report up and look at something. But um, the uh, on the political front, looks like the Democrats won the Kentucky governor race. Um, I don't know if they've called it or not, but... Um, it was too close to call this earlier this morning, but um, political front, everything's going crazy. Holy crap. Too dangerous to go to court. Feds say Aryan gang members eyeing jail security locks them down. Dude, they got mm. a picture of this guy. He has got, looks like he's got like a Terminator eye, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Holy crap. That is nuts. Anyway, so that's kind of neither here nor there. But um, just the pictures you pull up, just like on your homepage, and I don't know who's people's home pages are but the ones i guess mine are they're just news pages like here's a uh, here's a story about strap hanger takes many horse on bay area train ride now what's a strap hanger strap hanger. a mini horse that serves as a bay area resident service animal oh god was allowed on a commuter train in san francisco of course tuesday on the the, tra- the horse owners provided paperwork to a transit worker on the BART system, and the horse was cleared for entry, the train system said on Twitter. After consultation, the horse was allowed in. Sweet Maria. They need to take it to Santa Anita Racetrack. That horse won't last five minutes. Right, yeah. (laughs) Forget emotional support dogs. In San Francisco, we have emotional support mini horses. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? I mean, I'm sure that horse took a big horse-sized dump. I don't care if it's a mini horse. The whole, the whole mini horse support animal thing kind of gets me a little bit, man. Dogs is it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No more. When I, when I watch those videos of people trying to take their, their Shetland pony on an airplane, that uh-huh. to me, I'm like, Or a really? peacock. Yeah, peacock. Yeah, that, that was the other one that I liked, too. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, you got to be kidding me. You need to put down the animal and pick up the Zoloft because... <laughs> That or some Xanax or something because yeah. you're just taking that because you want to. It's not because you have to. You want to. It's kind of like people who get like covered in tattoos. And again, I'm not against tattoos. You know, if you are cool, but don't get all shocked and bothered when you have a skull tattoo peeing blood on your face and think I'm not going to give you a second look. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just expect it. If you don't expect it, you're the dumb one, not me. You're the judgy one. Right. Yeah. When, so, when yeah. they look when they look crazy like that, you kind of step back and you'd be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. "Yeah, dude, I don't know what you want me to do here. I can't. I can't help myself." I, I'm sorry, dude. The position's been filled. It's just. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know what you expect. So yeah. Yep. It's. Uh, but no, the pol- politics has gone wild, and the internet's just egging it on. Pretty wild stuff. Yep. Right on. Pretty wild stuff. All right, Brent. Folks want to find the Dryland Farmer podcast. Where do they find that at? Oh, they find it everywhere you can find podcasts. I've even got. I need to send uh, Casey some pins that I made. Nice. Yeah, I don't know if you can get up there. It says "Big Dudes Roll Big." No, (laughs) oh, it's not going to work. It says the Dryland Farmer podcast. Right on. Uh, Yeah, we can find it. You're on. uh, We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all the great places. Facebook and. 
I always drop it on Twitter via my Twitter handle. That's at Trader Brent. My co-host Landon is no twit Landon 44, even though it really should be at dbag 6473. <laughs> but um, that one was already taken, so he had to go with that one. So nonetheless, that's where you're going to find us. Uh, of course, you're going to find us on the Global Ag Network. Word. And um, I know they're doing some kind of a they're doing a newsletter now. So they, yeah, I saw that. I've been meaning to promote that. But yeah, I guess there's go on the website and that somewhere at the bottom there's a place you can page subscribe. You yeah. can subscribe to a newsletter and you get all this glorious information about all the amazing podcast hosts on the uh, Global Ag Network. I love I love how you when you get emails they have the unsubscribe button. It's like in two two size font. Yep. Like it, you can subscribe, but you can't. Your cursor is too big where you can't click on it. Yep, and it's usually the same color as the background, so you have a yep. hard time. Even, it's, it's a lighter shade or a darker shade of lightly, lightly darker or lightly, you know. Right, yeah. And a lighter blue. In. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It just yeah. kind of blends in, you know. And it still doesn't really unsubscribe you. No, then you have to take a survey that, yeah. of 57 questions before you there get you done. Yeah, uh-huh. Yep. What, was your mo- <laughs> what was your mother's college roommate's second dog? And third service animal. Yeah, and then you're yeah. like, I, I don't know. Sorry, I we can't remember. unsubscribe you right now. No. But good stuff. stuff. All right, man. Well, you can find the Moving Iron Podcast in all the same great places that Brent just rambled off. Plus, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Check out movingironllc.com for everything Moving Iron podcast-related or Moving Iron blog-related. And you can also check out on Tuesdays, I drop uh, Hot Rod Farmer Minute, which gives you a chance to... Get a couple minutes of uh, some amazing tip that'll help you uh, keep your farm equipment running even longer. Make sure you check out Ray Bozak's website at uh, Farm Machinery Digest, and Hot even, damn. <laughs> even 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 more information there. So, Brent, with till uh, next week, buddy. Have a good one. We'll talk to you then. All right, man. Sounds good. Moving on, podcast out. Oh God. Let's see here. Hey, this makes my teeth look whiter. <laughs> In the 21st century Hard-working people Working hard for you and me Moving higher Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving higher